0: All right, it's time to put the games away, because school is back in session. Are you already recorded? Yes. While I'm playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Summertime's over, bud. It is. And school is back in session. Oh, bad teacher, huh? That's right, I drink hard cider (laughs) during school. None of this soft cider
1: crap. I got my analogy that I carry around, people don't know. Filled with cider. All it's filled with is hard water. Hard water.
0: The best water. Yeah.
1: I like to live my life hard. Everyone was like, ooh, hard seltzer, hard seltzer, hard seltzer. I'm like, hard water. That's nuclear. Nuclear. Whatever. However you say that
0: word. Nuclear.
1: People give George Bush a hard time. That's a hard word to say. That's a hard word.
0: There's plenty of other things to give him a hard time about. Yeah. In any president. No one's hands are clean. No one's. But anyway, school year's kicking off. Mm-hmm. we both just yesterday had our first official day back we did some other schools i saw went bowling did other fun activities you know what we did i i watched gcn trainings yeah we we had meetings and met the new people in our building which is easier to do in an elementary school yeah compared to like because we're all going to see each other we haven't even met the new people in our department yet wow but then we did something that I thought was pretty fun, and it brings me to my question, my opening question before the show even starts. Whoa! In baseball, when players go up to bat, my <laughs> principal was like, "When players come up to bat, what do they what what do they have with them?" And both me and the girl sitting next to me both said, "A bat," but that's not the right answer. What they have is a walk-up song, a song that plays as they go to the go to bat in like the major leagues. And so the question is. What is your walk-up song?
1: My Life as a Noodle. What's that? I don't know. It's a
0: thing I made up because oh. I feel like I would be in Wet Noodle. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what I chose while you think. Okay. I chose, and I gave this a lot of thought, I chose Istanbul, Not Constantinople by They Might Be Giants. Istanbul, once Constantinople, uh-huh. a long time
1: gone, a Constantinople, and a Constantinople with the works. Doo-doo. It's nobody's business but the
0: Turks. Istanbul. Why that one? I just think it has some fun. And all the violin, and it's just enjoyable. Huh,
1: okay. Istanbul, once Constantinople. Um, I would probably
0: choose, I would be on the Houston Astros. Okay. I don't know if you really get much of a say in that, but well, but I, in this imaginary world where you play professional <laughs> baseball, sure we're not. Yes. Um, and my walk-up song would be Manifest
1: by the band Starset, because they are a pop metal band
0: mm-hmm.
1: who sing about outer space.
0: I don't think I know that song. I will play it for you. Okay. Not now, because we don't want to get shut down.
1: Starset wouldn't do that to us. They're cool. They're Cleveland boys.
0: Mm. Cleveland. Vet Nicole Brown's friends, or she from Cincinnati? I don't know who that is. Shirley on uh, Community. Oh, that's I think she's nice. Cleveland. I think she's Cleveland. Drew Carey. Ouch.
1: Is he been canceled yet? Surely it's coming, right? I don't think so. He like abused the love interest on the Drew Carey show or something. Mm, I mean, surely. I've heard. I I just feel like we old white people are bad.
0: I think he's, he's doing all right.
1: Drew Carey, I hope you're doing all right. I hope you're not a bad person. I'm not making fun you're of... You're not
0: wishing that you're a bad person. No, I'm
1: just... I'm learning. I'm not wishing that he's a bad person. This isn't like performative activism or anything. I'm just learning that like every old white person that I like is probably bad.
0: Mr. Rogers wasn't. Mr. Rogers wasn't. Brendan Fraser, by all accounts, seems
1: just a delight. Mm-hmm. And he I got love done dirty,
0: apparently. Why? I don't know exactly, but apparently that's why he kind of fell off And isn't really around as much anymore. I know the internet has been making fun of him for
1: gaining some weight over the pandemic. And I say, screw those people on the internet. Who hasn't? It was a global pandemic where... Call it the COVID-19. You should have been staying inside. Yeah. So, I don't blame Brendan Fraser. We love you, Brendan Fraser. Come on the show. Absolutely come on the show. I kind of feel like he would be a freak, but in like a fun way. Like he'd be really hard to talk to. Well, we'll know when he comes on the show. It's true. Um but yeah. Anyway. Old powerful people who do awful things are people are awful. Awful. Baseball walk-up songs. Baseball walk-up songs.
0: International Longshore and Warehouse Union. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. And I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. I'm your host, Chance. Is that the Union of Dock Workers in Philadelphia? Sure. Okay. I just typed in Dock Worker Union. Hmm. <laughs> he was hired by the Union. Somehow, and I just realized I don't have my
1: notebook. Oh, go get your notes. Go. He's got is the, the part book. He's got the book. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's sliding into his chair, and he's
0: safe. That was beautiful. You know they call baseball the beautiful game. Do they? No, they don't. They call soccer the beautiful game. Oh, but it's less beautiful than baseball. No, no, sir. Peak peak athleticism to be a soccer player.
1: I mean, I'm not. I'm not discounting anyone's athleticism. It's boring.
0: <laughs> it depends. I suppose. No, it's it's boring. Most of the entire world would like to take umbrage at your statement there, Chance.
1: I see, even then, I think they like soccer and they, like, root for a team. I don't think anyone, like, enjoys watching it. They seem to. Uh, I have my doubts. That's like someone
0: enjoying watching basketball.
1: No. There's people that do.
0: No. No. mm Chance, you're sounding like those people who are saying that COVID is fake and masks are wanting to, uh, turn us into mindless slaves of the state or something
1: i do not sound like those people i am simply stating the fact that just because you are invested in a team and you are a fan of them does not mean that it's actually fun to watch
0: all i'm saying is just because you don't enjoy something doesn't mean nobody else is capable of enjoying that thing they just have a rubber on court sound squeak fetish that's the only reason i think you're just working too hard here and I don't know what this energy is that we're bringing here today. I
1: don't sports, people. I don't sports.
0: Me neither, but I'm like, if you want to, go ahead, and I'm sure you enjoy it and not have a weird fetish or whatever.
1: I don't think you enjoy it, and I think you need to free your mind and go do something else.
0: But if you do enjoy it, I don't, I don't I do not. belittle you. I just don't think you actually do. I do not appreciate sports people who belittle other people's interests. That's true. That is why I will not belittle their interest. But I grew up having that happen to me. I know, so I know how it feels. But
1: they are the majority, and I am the minority. Actually, that's not super true anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so weird. I grew up, like, I love, I don't know, Paradise Eve, Parasite Eve, on the PlayStation 1. Is that,
0: yeah? you being yourself? Yeah, that was... Okay.
1: And people be like, that's stupid. You like stupid things. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm stupid. And. Poor chance? That was my life. And now, like, people be like, what's that? I want to know. And I'm like, it's a retro JRPG survival horror game on the PS1. And they're like, oh, you're so cool.
0: And I'm like, why now, though? <laughs> Aren't they really like that, though? <laughs>
1: The kids in the high school love the fact that I know obscure Japanese games.
0: Well, that's good because in the elementary school I have a Overwatch character on my desk and I have had several students make sure that they remind me that that game is booty constantly to the point where I'm just like go go away.
1: But, but see that's the problem. It's kind of like a mainstream niche Whereas mine is an obscure niche. Mm-hmm. See, they're different. No one has strong opinions about obscure niches.
0: Oh, I feel like they do. You haven't been around a lot of 11-year-olds. How, they would... They, if you
1: said, I am a big fan of the Shadow Hearts series for PS2,
0: they would have no... No, opinion. these kids would say, that's booty. <laughs> How? They don't know anything about it. Exactly. They don't know anything about Overwatch either.
1: Yeah, I feel like they've seen Overwatch on the internet.
0: Not not
1: the way I did. Not, I don't anymore. See, in the high school, at least the kids that I interact with, they all claim to be wannabe or actual weebs. So the fact that I know, like, obscure Japanese crap, like, is the coolest thing in the world to them. Like, the fact that they can be like, this guy's a real weeb. <laughs> I guess. I've never considered myself a weeb, but in gaming I
0: am. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: this is this is some odd energy. This
0: is yeah. We're just really so. As we already said, Chance and I's first day back at work was yesterday, Mm -hmm. and we didn't even have kids back. It's exhausting just being around people. Oh,
1: doing stuff. Well, so mine was mostly in a room while I had an iPad in this like rubber case that has like four handles on all sides, Mm -hmm. so it has a handle on any side, and on the top like turned sideways i just put my phone like between the two rubber parts so it would prop up and i had training videos about things like bullying and uh, bloodborne human, pathogens yeah, bloodborne pathogens and uh,
0: bio biohaz- or hazardous waste hazardous waste materials like i had
1: those playing on the ipad while the <laughs> while well, you were doing
0: well important things yeah like doing cool stuff
1: i, I was mostly like watching cool tiktok person. and Utah, youtube youtube <laughs> I was mostly doing TikTok and YouTube. I've found my way onto Power Rangers TikTok. Not not a, not a complaining about it.
0: Yeah, good job. Still haven't really ever been on TikTok that much.
1: Mm, it's probably for the best.
0: I like my life free of those worries. The tickety-tockety's?
1: my tiktok is fantastic it's all power rangers videos people talking about the mcu and i've also found myself on um superhero death fight tiktok where people talk about which superheroes would win in a battle which is very annoying a lot of the time but sometimes interesting yeah i feel like there's a lot of bad takes well, there's a lot of bad takes, but there's also a lot of people like, okay, so death fights have this whole, like, culture around them, mm-hmm. right? They've developed, like, their own terminology and, like... Amazing. Their own, like, theories and things, and one of the big things is, like, this guy <laughs> scales to planetary or multiplanetary at best, and this guy is multi-dimensional. Which I guess means, like, they have feats in their repertoire that shows that they can, like, that's what they can destroy, Mm -hmm. So, like, someone who is planetary can destroy a planet. Sure. That's the idea. But it's really annoying. And I'm just like, I don't... You're made up scaling. This isn't, like, a thing. Like, your community Uh made this up.
0: Like... (laughs) Yeah. It's like the ratio of unicorns to leprechauns. What? It's an office thing. Oh. So, anyway. That's death fight TikTok. That sounds horrible. It's not horrible. I mean, a lot of it's good. But some of it is very annoying. I'm not gonna... Knock anybody for their interests. Would you say you weren't going to yuck anybody's yum? I would say that. But that just doesn't sound appealing. It mostly sounds annoying. That's because I focused on the annoying parts. Well, yes, but that, I mean, that's all there is to me. Not just because you brought that up, but... I mean, you would be really interested
1: in, like, when they talk about the feats of the characters and the ideas behind, like, why they do what they Maybe, do. Maybe, but the
0: other stuff is there, so it's dead to me.
1: I mean, that's true. The other stuff is
0: there. Mm, anyway, this is Boy Meets World podcast. Wait, it is? I know. It's surprising. Isn't this a podcast just where we talk about our lives and... I mean, in a sense, aren't we all meeting the world? And aren't we all boys or girls or other? Somewhere in between? <laughs> Yes. Or not in between, outside of that binary. That that is a very inclusive statement. A a spectrum of human hearts coming together (laughs) and to make kingdom hearts. Maybe the real gender is the friends we made along the way. I think so. I think it's safe to say yes to that. (laughs) Because it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh,
1: Anyway, I don't know. We're just. I don't know how excited I am to talk about this episode. I've seen it twice today. I mean, you sat there as I was watching it and heard me laugh. You got some quite chucks. You got some chucks, though. Yes, there are some chucks. I had a good time. Yeah, I guess I'll give the synop and we'll get started. Okay. Um, unless you at home want me to talk about Monster Rancher Two, I can talk about Monster Rancher Two.
0: Maybe if they want that, they'll let us know in an email. We can make a bonus <laughs> podcast. podcast chance talks monster rancher 2 while cameron uh uh-huh yeah Uh, sure i would make it engaging for you Uh
1: i would make it engaging for you
0: yeah sure
1: chance talks monster rancher 2 cameron talks golden sun oh uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah Yeah, sure (laughs) um we'll just trade anecdotes about our childhood favorite rpgs anyway Mm -hmm. uh here comes here comes the synop. Um it is apparently Christmas time. Turner got a haircut. That's the most important part of the episode. It you... looks good. Yeah. I missed the mullet. The mullet's good too. Um mullets are coming back, and not as good as Mr. Turner. No, mullet. the mullets
0: now. I do not like them. Yeah. Kind of being ratty is kind of the idea. Uh-huh. That's not all. It's of like problem. college students just came back to our town. And I saw a bunch of them yesterday just walking up and down the street, which is Brings up a host of other issues that I have, but I won't talk about those. But I will talk about their mullets, and they're all wearing, like, flat-brim baseball caps with mullets sticking out the back, and they just look bad.
1: Wait, is a flat-brim cap not called a trucker hat?
0: No, those are a little bit bent. Flat is when they're flat. Oh,
1: I thought trucker hats were always flat.
0: No, trucker hats are always bent a little bit. I thought a baseball cap was always bent a little bit. It is, too. But trucker hats are, like, solid front, sort of a m- mesh or side with holes. And it's just bent just a and little. And it's a
1: little bit taller. Interesting.
0: Okay. Anyway. Hat this is corner with a Chance. A place to hang your hat with Chance and Cameron.
1: This is still the synop. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is the most important part of the episode. Turner got a haircut.
0: MVP. Turner's
1: haircut. <laughs> um, they're in poetry cra- crass. Yep. Crass poetry. They're in a poetry class where Topanga is done dirty again. We'll get there. Um, and it's they're talking about the road less traveled., mm-hmm. um, not a poem I've ever read. Didn't read it for this either. Uh, oh I have, and I have some thoughts. Oh good. Uh, but then it's brought up that it's Christmas time and Sean and Corey say they both got jobs. Sean got a job at the docks. Corey got a job at a Italian restaurant with quotes around it. Um, meanwhile, Eric is putting the moves on Lonnie. Lonnie's back Lonnie's back It's. I did I not realize it would be this big of a gap Between her first appearance uh-huh. and now Maril- And I don't think there's another one You don't, You think this is her last one?
0: I feel like it's her last one I think there's one more Lonnie plot
1: Doesn't Eric actually get to go on a date with her at some point?
0: I really It doesn't stick out to me But maybe
1: Huh Maybe I, If Lonnie's only in two episodes She's a big part of my thoughts on season four But anyway, um, Eric's putting the moves on Lonnie. Between these two plots, hilarity sort of ensues. I mean, it does in in spurts. There are Mm -hmm. spurts of hilarity.
0: Yes. There are particular locations that they go that are very funny to me. Mm -hmm. Where I laughed a bunch. Yeah. I have have mixed thoughts on the episode in general.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, But there are some funny parts. This is not a bad episode. This won't not be a repeat of our... Coverage of Singled Out. Mm -hmm. This is nowhere near
0: that level. I actually quite enjoyed it. I have mixed feelings. That's fine. That's fair. I feel like this one does some of the things that Boy Meets World is really well known for. I think it does them pretty well. I See, I agree with the first part. The second part...
1: You don't agree with as much? I think it does things that Boy Meets World is really well known for, but it does them in such an absurd way... That is true.
0: (laughs) ...that I just don't care. But maybe the show is more absurd than we really remember. Well, but like we'll get there. We'll okay. get there. We'll get there. Anyway, they're in poetry class, which we now know is a class that they have, and we assume this is it because they're reading poetry. Yes. Frankie is not there. Topanga looks great. Wish she was in more of the mm-hmm. episode. I like to imagine maybe Vader did go to Madison Square Garden and, and took Frankie there. with him. I like to think that's so why he's
1: too. gone. I like to think so too. Um, I also like to think that, you know, if you're gonna have Topanga in a scene, Corey or sean should at least address her Mm -hmm.
0: but they don't yeah she is reading a poem Mm -hmm. the road not taken and the minute frost
1: she is done reading she is no longer relevant no longer spoken to i don't
0: think the camera really is on her
1: no i don't think the camera goes back to her why not just have turner reading the poem
0: not great no the
1: treatment of topanga since season two, is mind-boggling to me.
0: Mm-hmm. It doesn't make
1: sense. No, and it's not how I remember the show. No. But this is the show. This is what we got. Topanga uh-huh. is, ooh, look, there's a hot chick in a scene. And then done. Done.
0: <sighs> yeah. It's not right. No. I'm not a fan. But she is reading... This poem by Robert Frost. Yeah. It's a very famous poem Mm -hmm. that's always talked about as, like, this poem of do, like, because you know the last line, I took the road less traveled by, and it's made all the difference. I feel like that's the thing that always comes up, and it's like, don't do what everyone else is doing. Do something different, something outside of that, and it's going to make all the difference in your life, and you'll be successful, or whatever point you're trying to make. I'm going to read it for us, the poem. The whole thing? It's not very long. It's like... Four stanzas of five lines. Oh, okay. so it's not very long. Um, and we'll see if we really think that that's what it's talking about. Okay, I'm going Here's... to
1: take Frankie's advice real quick and put myself in the mind of the poet. Okay. I am now Robert Frost. Hello. Hello, Robert. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Mr. Cameron.
0: <laughs> Here we go. The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. That's you. It is. You remember right. it well, I hope. <laughs> Two roads diverged in a yellow wood and sorry i could not travel both and be one traveler long i stood and looked down one as far as i could to see it bent to where it bent in the undergrowth then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim perhaps it was grassy and wanted wear though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same and both that morning equally lay and leaves no step had trodden black oh i kept the first for another day yet knowing how way leads to happen no, sorry yet knowing how way leads on to way i doubted if i should ever come back i shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence two roads diverged in a wood and i i took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference so there's the poem it's and- often Talks about, you know, making the right choice, going down the road less traveled, and that's going to make all the difference. But as you read the poem, it's not about that at all. It's about the rationalizations that we make in our mind when we make choices to make them out to be maybe bigger than they actually are. And then we look back and we say, oh, that made all the difference. Like, let's imagine for a moment, Mr. Frost. I don't have to, I wrote it. (laughs) Oh, let's imagine for a moment that, say I look back at my life, and I, I like my life, I like the things in my life, and I say, well, you know, I made the choice to go to this university, and at that university, I met you, and I met my future wife and all of these things. And now I look back at my life and all these things are good. And it's because I made that choice, right? But this isn't saying if I made that other choice, it would be bad. It's saying if I made that other choice, I'd be at the end of that road saying, look back at my life, everything is good. And it's all because I made that choice. Mm -hmm. Like if I had gone to a different school and I made some other friends, maybe met somebody else, got married to them, my life would, who knows, maybe look pretty similar in the grand scheme of things. But, not necessarily because I took the special path. Mm-hmm. It's like the roads are the same, both are saying they're both kind of grassy leaves, all of those things. Um, and yeah, so it's it, you know it's interesting. it's not actually saying what people are saying that it's saying. It's true, not really much about um, decisions we make in life. It's more about the rationalization we make after we make the decision.
1: yeah, yeah, I can see that to me, to me.
0: You are the author, yes. Yes, I am the
1: author. I've always thought that people put too much emphasis on, like, moments, always. So I'm, I'm coloring this interpretation a little bit. But, like... Well, you are the author. Yeah, it's true. So I can. <laughs> um, like, one of the big things is, like, high school graduation. It's boring and no one likes it. But people go because it's this moment that everyone needs. Like, and to me, this book is, like talking about those moments like you were saying like looking back on those moments talking about what came from them maybe almost in a satirical way i don't know you you wrote it i don't know but looking back on those moments and like like you're saying rationalizing like i got here because of that when really if you didn't you'd just be somewhere else
0: Like Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. He's like, maybe I'll go back and do it in this other path, but I know how life goes, and I probably won't come back this way again to go down the other path, but I'm going to be here now and say, hey, I did this thing, and it made all the difference, but in a sense it did, because you're where you are now because you took that path, but if you took the other path, you'd be where you were when you took that path, and they're both pretty much the same. I want you to diagram that sentence. Okay, I could.
1: Actually, the reason he couldn't go back to the path is because there was a giant who was saying, run away or I'll eat you. <laughs> like I think i got to make this choice <laughs> best. That's the part that didn't, that's the subtext. <laughs> that's the subtext. Um, it's really a fantasy story about getting eaten. No, it's not. Um, so yeah. Choose or die. That is The Road Less Traveled. Hopefully we won't be mm. copyright claimed for reading it. Uh, it's been a long time. It's probably public fact, domain. I'm
0: sure it's public domain right now.
1: Um, yeah. And you were here.
0: We got permission from Robert Frost himself.
1: It's true. I did. I was channeling Robert Frost really strongly. Mm-hmm. So, um, thanks, Bobby. Bobby Frost. That's Iceman. It's true. Well, Bobby Drake, but still, mm-hmm. still the Frost. Anyway,
0: was he named after Robert Frost? I could see
1: it. I'll have to go into the mind of the creator. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: Stanley. I don't know who made Iceman. Jack
1: Kirby. Jack, I mean, uh, it was most Stanley. Of was Jack Kirby. It's Stanley and Jack Kirby. At the end of the day, it was Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah, that's true about all yeah. Stanley created characters. We won't go there. Anyway,
0: it's not what we're, we're going to choose the other road <laughs> to travel at this point. Yes, but they're talking about that, and Topanga's done reading, and Turner asks him how it is, and they look back, and uh, Sean and, and Corey are, are, are snoring. Corey is, is going. Feeney walks in. Corey is going. One of them's
1: yipping, and one of them snoring. Well, Corey is yipping. It's very important. Sean's going.
0: And Cory goes, yip, 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 yip,
1: Yes, and Feeny comes in and is like, interesting. In my class, it's Mr. Hunter who handles the yipping.
0: <laughs> and then they wake up, and they're like, oh no. I don't know which class we slept through. They're both here. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: I know I've said this a lot this season. Sean is hilarious in this episode, uh-huh. Like, because Cory's like, oh no, Sean, Sean, Sean. And Sean wakes up, looks at them both, and goes... Oh, no. I don't know which class I slept through now. It's a lot like the 400-pound uh, men episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Why don't, where am I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Sean comes back to the classroom, I have no idea where I am. Mm-hmm. Sean is killing it this season. Absolutely killing it. In this first half of the episode, Corey is also very funny. Uh-huh. Um, he's less funny in the other half, but he's not insufferable. Oh, see, I kind of think he is. We'll get there. I find Corey exceptionally annoying after a certain point in this episode um but we'll get there we'll get there uh yeah sean is very funny and i mean turner
0: and feeney just kind of razz huh. like he's like what does this mean it's like what does it matter it's a poem about roads and we can't even drive yet. yeah And he's like it's a poem about choices again sort of wrong yeah not even sort of it's just wrong yeah. But what it's Mr. Feeney. What it's are you about, gonna do? It's a. Sh- I mean, it's a poem about rationalizing choices mm-hmm. after the fact. Yeah, it's not a poem about making choices.
1: Yeah, but what what Turner says kind of fits, like because he's like, "Do you want to be? Do you want to be someone who just waits outside the convenience store for the next batch of lottery tickets?"
0: Uh-huh. And my life would be different. How?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but they say like, "What's a choice you've made recently?" And they both say that they've gotten jobs. Uh-huh. Corey at. The Italian restaurant. Little Polly's restaurant. Little Polly's restaurant. We have a net second restaurant. This is a big deal. However, no one eats here. No one eats there, and it's the same set.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is the same set. It is, uh... The it's just Chubbies with the stairs covered up by some yep. lattice. Yeah, and a smaller bar. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, the the room that they spend most of their time in in the set is just the pool room of Chubbies. uh uh-huh. But
0: that's neither here nor there. It's neither. Little Polly's, but nobody eats at this restaurant. It's not a real restaurant. We'll get into that. We will. But it is... So he's got a job there, and... Sean's got a union job at the docks. A cushy union job Uh at the docks. How does a 15-year-old... He might be 16. Yeah, he's probably 16. I feel like a union... They got rules. There's child labor laws. I don't think they could hire Sean to work at the docks. I do not know anything about dock unions, so... You know, they they sponsored this episode, and they didn't even bother to give us any information. Yeah, no joke. I don't
1: even know who we're taking money from
0: anymore. <laughs> we took money from Vince McMahon the other day. I mean, come on. You know, he wants to keep the lights on, <laughs> he can help us keep the lights on. Look at this face. It takes a lot of work to get this face ready for a podcast. And if Vince McMahon wants to foot that bill, <laughs> that's fine with me. Yeah. What you guys don't see is all the Botox in Cameron's face. Yes. There's a ton. Yeah, but then Telfini gives them an assignment in Turner's class. Yeah. I suppose. Keeping track of the choices they
1: make Uh over the next week. Which is a strange assignment, being as we are to understand that it is
0: right before Christmas. Well, he gave them an assignment over Thanksgiving,
1: too. No, but... Christmas break is more
0: than a week. It has to be. Yeah, it by is its two very weeks. Nature. But also, it's a new semester.
1: Yeah. It's, well, but a lot in sc- When I was in school, the class was just... Well, it was the
0: same class, but the grading periods ended. Yeah, but it could be the first grade of the next... That's dumb. Mr. Feeney's dumb. He's not a <laughs> real teacher. It's the week before Christmas. We're watching a movie. It is strange that Feeney is not teaching his own class. Uh-huh, he's giving them an assignment
1: <laughs> in another class. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway... So they have to keep track of the choices they make. This assignment does not come back up, but... It never returns. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to um, the survival
0: store. Uh-huh. Oh, let me see. I got my notes. Yes.
1: Yeah. We cut to the survival store, and Lonnie is back. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty blonde Lonnie.
0: Uh-huh. And then she's talking to Eric about Christmas back home. Mm-hmm. How she's bummed she can't be there. Well, she tries She's, she's having a... She's. Has seems chipper, and then she just keeps talking about it and getting sadder and sadder. Yeah, um, I don't buy it. I think it's again chance garbage. I think you don't have any. No, but listen, you don't have any say in how another person feels about a holiday.
1: No, no, listen. I'm just let me let me get this out there. So there is this description of holidays, but then there is Turk. From Scrubs' description of holidays, where one of them, like one of his relatives, forgot their meds and is freaking out and wants to put their head in the oven, one of them's yelling at the other for being a lazy bum, like, and we're gonna love each other that whole time, and we're gonna do it again for thanks for Easter. Mm-hmm. And while both are about the nostalgia of holiday times,
0: Turks is much more realistic. Well. These are mountain folks, Chance. Yeah. You don't know what they're like. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't. Hillbillyology
1: was not accurate. I, I didn't even read Hillbillyology. It wasn't. Um,
0: huh. I'm just saying, these family gatherings. I'm not saying nostalgia's not a, at work here, <laughs> but I'm also saying it
1: could be real. No.
0: Again, She's Chance also... has a complicated, <laughs> terrible history of family everything. I have been the outsider in many a family gathering. And And that colors your perception of all family gatherings. Well, no, but, like, I've observed
1: them from, like, a neutral, non-nostalgic stance. They are never as warm and friendly as everyone makes them out to be.
0: This one doesn't sound too bad.
1: Um, However... Uh, she's also hanging just a stupidly
0: ridiculous amount of candy canes on Uh a tree
1: that is six inches tall. What if
0: she really doesn't like it, but she's trying to get out of doing that? She's like, they gave me this whole box of candy canes to cover this one tree. Are they kidding me? I'm going to just cause a scene, unrelated, so I can get out of doing this stupid job and go sell some wilderness survival equipment.
1: Yes, that is probably true. Um, But Eric, it is revealed, only did this purposefully. To make her hug him. Uh
0: Uh-huh. And he's like, use me as your handkerchief. And then she kind of takes a shirt and wipes her nose. He's like, and you did. And you did. (laughs) Um, The whole time,
1: Alan is standing in the background not saying anything, by the way. Uh Uh-huh. As his son tries to manipulate a fellow employee. Mm -hmm. Which is just... Not
0: good. Oh, boy. Eric in this episode, he's better than in the Thanksgiving episode. But bad. But But still bad. But better than that. Yes. Not like he's good and admirable. He's not. No. Um, but then he's like, she's like, I can't go home for Christmas. He's like, yes, you can. She's like, no, I can't. It's 500 miles. He's like, I'm going to drive you. And she's like, no, you won't. It's 500 miles. Even better. Yeah, he goes, Perfect. good. <laughs> um, and then she goes and hugs him. And So here's my question. Can she not drive? Why can't she go? Does Alan not? Because it can't be Alan's not letting her off to go. Because mm-hmm. then he's losing both employees. It's true. She probably doesn't have a car. She's not. She's, she's not she's, she's simple. a folks. person. She rode into town on a moose, and then the moose returned. Mm-hmm. And now she's in the city, and she can't call the moose. I like to think she rode into town on the back of a pickup,
1: but moose works. I like moose better. Giant murder hobos.
0: Moose are terrifying, and if you ever see
1: one in the wilderness, run, except you can't run because they can run 30 miles an hour and they will, they kill will you. catch you and they will trample you. Moose? You ever, you ever read the book Hatchet? He oh, yeah. Attacked yeah. by a moose. Um, also, diving in the water doesn't work because they can swim really well. There, there is actual um, documented cases of moose swimming from Alaska to Russia. Wow, that's how we get them. <laughs> that's how we get the Russians. our moose. Yeah. Except then you have to tra- travel through two United States worth of Siberia before you get anywhere
0: important. The moose can do it. <laughs> They're mean spirited, just like Americans. Anyway, there's a ever a real national like animal for America. It should be the moose. <laughs> the moose. It matches our temperament. <laughs> we'll just attack you for no good reason.
1: I have seen a moose before. I have not. Up in northwestern Montana.
0: Oh, lovely. That it,
1: sounds lovely. It is. Northwestern Montana is great. Northeastern Montana, where I'm from, looks like Oklahoma covered in snow.
0: Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> not as much. snow. Yeah, I was supposed to say no. I've seen right. it in
1: some <laughs> snow, and I'm like,
0: <laughs> this is this is lovely, but fine.
1: Um, anyway, so, uh, that scene so that's that's happening, scene. Um, and then
0: Corey's in a nice little outfit. Uh, he's got a little bow tie. Got a little apron on. Mm-hmm. Looking good. cute. Um, he brings some coffee back to a couple of gentlemen. Mister Fontaine. Mister Fontaine and Mister Martini, played Mr. by Martini. Buddy Hackett and Soupy Sales. Oh, I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Buddy Hackett, you might know him as the voice of Scuttle in The Little Mermaid. Which one's Scuttle, the bird? Oh, okay. Yeah, it sounds just like him as he's talking. And then Soupy Sales, of course, comedian of some sort. Yeah, they're,
1: they're both famous comedy people. Uh-huh. Um, and they are playing the most obvious Italian mobsters of all time. Uh huh. Um, and I love them. I love them too. <laughs> <laughs> I want this job. Easily, actually. like my
0: favorite part of the episode <laughs> is is Mr. Martini and Mr. Fontaine. It's true. They are fantastic. Um,
1: they Corey walks up and I'm like, "Who are you?" "I'm Corey." They. Sam at the bar hired me
0: to bring people drinks and run errands. <laughs> Sam has a tendency to run his mouth. I don't like tendencies. I, I don't like mouths. <laughs> what do you say to that?
1: I'm very scared, sir. And then, uh, missed one of them. I I think
0: Mr. Fontaine I think is on the left. Let me just look it up on IMDb because it tells you. I am, let's see camera google something or camera imdb something. something well you're um, gonna use google to get to imdb so easy street easy street edibles is the first thing that pops up um am just gonna give me the cast and i'll be able to break down which one is which and then i'll be able to tell you on the left or the right this decides to load buddy hackett is mr it says fontini but i feel like they say fontaine they do say so much. on the right is mr fontaine and on the left it's Mr. Martini. Um, Mr. Martini takes a drink of the cappuccino. He's like, Who made this? I want you to choose your words very carefully. And then Corey, just very slowly, I did. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and he's like, It's fantastic. Don't you think it's fantastic? Try yours. And he's like, I don't believe you. T- uh, try yours, tell me if I'm wrong. He's like, well, I'll tell you if you're wrong. I'll tell you if you're wrong. He grabs it, takes a sip, you're right. they <laughs> so you slip him a 20. Corey's like, thanks, I added a dash of cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they slip him a 20. He's like, oh, 20 bucks, yeah. Yeah, I mean. But sure. this 20 bucks is not free. It comes no. with a request to accompany his new young bride to the beauty parlor, just to keep an eye on her. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: There's more twenty dollars where that came from. Um, and yeah, and if he does a good job, there's more where that came from. Uh huh. So it's very obvious to everyone what's happening here, except Corey. <laughs> yeah, Corey's just like cool. <laughs> um, cut to Corey's l- kitchen. Uh huh. The next, it's like it, the morning. It's at eight uh, thirty. Sean comes in. He's like, "Oh, you here for breakfast? Lunch? I'm on lunch. I'm on lunch. <laughs> I've been at work since three. You know how cold it is at three a.m. Nippy. Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I looked up and. Jupiter, the average temperature on Jupiter is negative 238 degrees Fahrenheit. Huh. Which is very cold. It is. I don't know how gas giants work. Uh Is there an
1: on Jupiter?
0: Like, I don't think Jupiter Um, has a surface, does it? Here's the thing. As far as our understanding of how the planets are the way that they are, this is a little science lesson for you all. Love it. So, our planetary system is very interesting because the planets exist on a plane. Surprisingly, like you'd think that they'd be whatever. And at a certain point, you know, you have Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, and they're all terrestrial planets. They're solid. And then you have your gas giants, your Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, or Uranus, depending on which one you want to say to get laughed at, and Neptune. Pluto's a whole other thing. Pluto is a rock, though. It is a rock. It is technically a dwarf planet. It's a two planetary system. It and Charon is a two planet system. It's not a moon, it's another planet that they're. In orbit with each other that's unimportant important for your conversation but when the sun ignited the heat from that burned they, they think anyway that every planet was a gas giant and then when the sun ignited it burned away the gas up to a certain point just from the intensity of the sun and so somewhere inside jupiter and all those gas giants at the core is something it's not just a ball of gas it's a gas around something just like they theorized that there was gas around something that is now Earth and Mercury and Venus and Mars. I am not a scientist. Me neither. I, I am in the
1: social sciences I always have been. However, this just doesn't make sense to me because the biggest gas giant is the closest one to the sun. Well, who can say? Where the road goes. Were we there? I just... No. I, I just... It's my... It's. I, this is not a science thing. I'm not saying that is wrong because I don't understand why this would be. I'm just saying, like, if it burned away all the gas...
0: Mm-hmm. Up I'm to just, a
1: certain point, why would the next one after that point have the
0: most gas? I'm just saying that's the going theory. Unless something's changed. Probably mm-hmm. changed.
1: Yeah. I just don't know how gas giants work.
0: Yeah. They're just giant balls of gas. Maybe it's something at the center? Yeah. There should
1: be something at the center.
0: Maybe. Okay.
1: It would make sense for Mercury
0: because it's literally just a giant ball of blood. Mm-hmm. Because everything melted.
1: Yeah. It's literally just like a big,
0: dense ball of And blood. on Venus, there's a proto-molecule attached to a space station from Ceres. Why are we doing this? <laughs> I'm just having fun.
1: Um, that was a reference to the Expanse. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Leviathan wakes. Yep, it's good. You should read it. Yeah. Um. It is a Mormon colony. So Venus isn't. Don't they crash the Mormon colony into they Venus? They crash. It misses. Oh, that's true. It does miss.
0: You're right. It's the series asteroid that crashes into Venus. Hmm. Anyway. That's right. It's been a, It's been a minute. But Sean says he's talking to his boss. And then suddenly his boss just looks up and says, Turkish freighter. And then a Turkish freighter just uh, emerges from the mist. Oh, out of nowhere? Just out of the mist. Yeah, just came out of nowhere.
1: Um, so Sean's like, uh, yeah, that's my job. I'm unloading the same Turkish freighter that the outbreak monkey came in, came from, which is a reference to the 1995 movie Outbreak. Uh,
0: but it didn't come in a freighter, did it? I think it did. I thought they brought it over.
1: I have not seen this movie. All I did was look up Outbreak Monkey, and the IMDb description says that a boat smuggles in a monkey with a deadly virus. Oh, okay.
0: Well, they were more close to it to have yeah. made that joke accurately. That's what, that's what IMDb said. I feel like I've seen part of it, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. People would take care of themselves better, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. Every one of those movies seems almost too true. So, Sean dropping the... Uh, the cultural ref Mm -hmm. a nice topical joke
1: yep a nice topical joke um and (laughs) he does maybe his funniest thing in the entire episode he's like you know what if i go you're going with me wipes his face and then goes and wipes it on Corey's face (laughs)
0: um and then we from there are back at um little polly's restaurant yes and well
1: so before that um Sean goes, fine, fine. Tell me about your job. He's like, it's hard, Sean. It's really hard. You got a cushy job. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Sean just wants to see the cushy job. Uh-huh. So he goes and checks this it out. This
0: restaurant that nobody goes to. <laughs> yes. Would there not be some sort of enforcer at the door keeping riffraff like Sean Hunter out? I feel like no. I feel like it'd be like a reputation thing. Oh, maybe. And probably the businesses
1: around it are probably owned by them too. So it's like if you start up something, there's plenty of people
0: like uh-huh around keeping um, an eye but yes scrawny kid with the curtained hair is not seeming like a threat
1: so Sean is sitting at the table I took note of this because Sean is sitting at the table and Corey says watch me go make 20 bucks <laughs> so he goes over and 20 bucks and then suddenly Sean is standing behind him
0: uh-huh which is
1: just a funny little just like, fun little detail what? I'm <laughs> watching oh my goodness um and he's like oh thank you and the guy goes hey 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 and Corey's like, oh yeah, the other part. He's like, I want you to take this envelope down to 19th The corner and... of 14th and Pine. 14th and Put it and in the mailbox. The corner of 14th and Pine. And Cory, a a Philadelphia native, he knows, he knows his area. I don't find this unbelievable. He's like, I don't, you know, I like to ask questions, but there is no mailbox of 14th and Pine. He's like, come here, come here. And he, like, taps him on the cheek. <laughs> Today there's going to be... A mailbox of 14 and Pine. And Mr. Fontaine is the other guy. is uh-huh. like, yeah, and he's never wrong about mailbox placement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so Corey's like, uh, and then Sean is like, you do know what this is, right? I think this is the mob. He's like, but it's the nice mob. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's the nice mob. And he flicks him on the forehead. Uh-huh. He's like, who do you work for here? I work for Mr. Fontaine, Mr. Montini, Martini, Sam, Sam. Yes, because earlier uh, when he told him to take his uh,
1: new bride to the beauty parlor just to keep an eye on her, he's like, well, I would, but Sam gave me a list of things to do. And he's like, we'll we'll talk to Sam. Sam. Sam."
0: (laughs) He's like, your list will be cleared.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um, Sam so Corey not still not knowing what's going on he's like yeah I work for Mr. Martini Mr. Fontaine and Sam Sam mm-hmm. and then Sean
0: spells it out for him yeah. and he's just like what do I do and then they're like and what about those cappuccinos and he's like I keep trying to get out and they keep pulling me back in yeah so he goes he's
1: just like very nervously like I quit okay I, I don't like to be threatened we'll miss you stop trying to get me to stay and uh, he walks off, and Sean, being a good friend, is like, hey, don't kill my buddy. <laughs> uh-huh. He's he's not going to tell anyone. He's a smart guy. Uh-huh. He's
0: like, loyalty. loyalty.
1: <laughs> I like loyalty. And, like, and Mr. Martini Pipe
0: said, I like it on a stand. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, boy. <laughs> now the mask is completely off. Yeah. It was already mostly but, off. Yeah, but it was never really on. It was like, yeah.
1: I like it on a stand <laughs> And uh, they're like Mr. Loyalty you want a job? And they like put twenty dollars on the envelope and uh-huh. slide it over to him and Sean's like it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And then we just cut to Sean wearing the outfit. Yeah, like the very next one. And Sean
1: comes in, he's doing a great job. He's like he gives them their cappuccinos and they're like, You know what I want He's on that biscotti, sir? And he's like, That's what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> how did he know what I
1: was thinking? You he's do like, a
0: good buddy hacking.
1: Thanks um it's fun to do Mm -hmm. um and he's like this worked out great and he like pulls the tray off and he's already got the hazelnut biscotti and he slides it onto the table this is a good
0: kid what's a you know a good kid like you are you asking any questions like why do we have a business here with no customers i just figure you do a good takeout business (laughs) Take they out look, business. <laughs> they look at each other, take out business, and then they just laugh. Uh-huh. And then Sean goes back to the bar. Yeah. And there's Corey. Corey isn't just an insufferable, like, pretentious little nothing for the rest of this episode. See, I, I see what you're saying, but also I don't. Because he's just like, this is, like, what you're doing I could get you in trouble. Okay. So this is my problem with Corey and the rest of this episode. This is a very Boy Meets World setup.
1: We're teaching you something in school. We get into a pickle. Hilarity ensues. Classic Boy Meets Mm -hmm. World setup. We learn something at the end. Those are like the four points. However, this is not about drugs. This is not about bullying. What's in the box, Chance? This is not about friendship. This is about joining the mob. Well, (laughs) you shouldn't do that. (laughs) This... This is absurdly ludicrous. <laughs> like, and it's not even about joining the mob. It's about
0: serving coffee to the to mob. the mob <laughs> and their restaurant. To be fair, <laughs> but like you're working for them. I mean, Sam you, is working for them. Yes, these are if, all true. If, if push comes to shove, he's the one who's going to take the fall. Well,
1: but. Not necessarily, like, the underlings who are in the organization are, but the people who are employed at the
0: restaurant, like, they're fine. No, he is, because he's been running the stuff. He runs the stuff. He doesn't know that. What's going to happen when he gets caught with the box? He's going to sell them out. But here's where I disagree with you, and we get to it later. It's like, sure, Corey's being Cory, little manic, whatever. But when Sean later is like... I was able to, like, buy my friends and family, like, nice Christmas presents. And Sean, Corey's just like, you know, I I know that felt good. Like, he didn't ever say... He didn't ever belittle him for wanting that. Never belittled him for being poor. Doesn't he... A little bit later, though, isn't he like, hey, thanks for this.
1: Not because of what it cost, but where, where it came from. It's like, easy for someone with money to say, Corey.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's even... That's before he says that. Yeah. I'm just saying. And it,
1: if this I was, wasn't like, like,
0: Corey's coming out smelling like daisies, but he's not horrible he's like sean what are you doing here he's like you worked here he's like yeah and i quit when
1: and again if like his boss was abusive if they were breaking like health code violations all of these are relatable like all of these are relatable this is such a cartoonish Set up. Chance we need our children to know not to join the mob. If you accidentally get a job at a mob restaurant and you have a streetwise friend who can inform you that you have a mob job, don't let that streetwise friend work for the mob. No, you
0: shouldn't. It's just a lot of qualifiers for a lesson in an episode. I mean, you're not wrong. It is ridiculous. But it's... I wouldn't say it's the best kind of ridiculous. I feel like the sixteen pound, sixteen candles, and four hundred pound men is the good kind of ridiculous that this show does. This is kind of like, huh? Is that where we went? It's probably just an excuse to get um, like two comedy legends on the show.
1: And, well, and they're another part of the disconnect, though. Like, because they're also cartoons. Uh-huh.
0: Like, it's basically like you had um, what are their names from the Muppets? Oh, Beaker, Waldorf, and. The two old guys that sit on oh, the balcony, yes, whatever their names are, just up there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, why are you trying to do like? Because the episode at this point on takes itself very serious. That's true. Very seriously, and it's like, well, why have you painted parts this? of the episode? Do well, yes, we'll get to Eric here in a second. <laughs> but the rest of the episode takes itself very seriously. But like our quote-unquote bad guys, are cartoon characters. And our conflict is joining the mob. If it was working for a local gang or something.
0: Okay. Why oh, why's it gotta be a gang that's the bad guys? But the white guys are respectable. I see how it is.
1: Because you're likely to run into a gang in Philadelphia. You are not likely to run into the mob. <laughs>
0: As far as I know, if I get a job anywhere in Philadelphia, I got a pretty good chance of working for the mom. I mean, as far as I know. Maybe they did build Chubbies. It is kind of designed after this place. <laughs> yes. Little Polly's became Big Polly, who became Big Chubby, and then just Chubbies. I, I I'm just saying like as
1: serious as Corey is contrasted with the ridiculousness of this setup. I just found it just insufferable. And never once does it show like Sean suffering because of this. And maybe that's part of the idea like, hey, maybe you should give up a good thing sometimes because it's not like ultimately part of the greater good mm-hmm. or
0: something. That's the road.
1: It's the roadless
0: travel chance. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Except that's not what the poem's about. But it is about um, justifying your choices. So in that regard, he's like, I'm doing this so I can buy my friends and family nice Christmas presents. I'm going to justify my choice that could eventually lead to a bad place by looking at the good things that it does. And, yes. And in that way, it is truer to the poem, but in terms of what the actual episode is doing, it's not. Yes. I just, this whole thing was just a huge disconnect for me. Um, but anyway, then something hilarious does happen as Sean and Corey are talking, and then they yeah. hear like a bang, and they both <laughs> drop to the floor. Yes. And, yeah, so they both drop to the floor, and then we get insufferable Corey,
1: huh, if there's nothing going on here, why are we on the ground? And Sean is hilarious and charming. Because <laughs> w- it's fun and we do everything. Together. <laughs> yes. Um, and,
0: I mean, that the scene pretty much just proceeds from there. They're mm-hmm. like, you're changing. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm the same. And then they like say something and then Sean turns around in Italian. And yeah. Just, like, rattles back to them. Yeah, like, oh, momento, por favor. Uh-huh. Hey. But even more than that, it's like a pretty long
1: phrase yeah. that he rattles off. And, again, if they were showing, like if that that was the beginning of a change and the next day when they like they they show him he's like in a suit or something or like has a beeper or and is distracted the whole time but he's still just sean Mm -hmm. like
0: he's very happy
1: yeah like you know saved by the bell did their terrible terrible sugar pill episode where jesse stichino jesse not
0: Stakino. that's that's frankie yeah that's jesse whatever yeah,
1: where she gets, like, addicted to sugar pills to, like, get her to do all the things. They do a good job of, like, showing her progressional change of uh, of mindset. Like, showing her being manic. Showing her, like... And then, I mean, it all pays off with sugar pills and one of the most heartbreaking scenes of her just crying on Zach's shoulder singing, I'm so excited.
0: Uh-huh. I'm so scared.
1: But, again, it, it, it's sugar pill. But anyway. <laughs> I think it was more than sugar. No, in the episode it's like it's like a reference to drugs, but uh-huh, they don't def- actually drugs. They definitely don't call it drugs. But anyway. And these are drugs. Yeah, <laughs> these are drugs. Rugs. Or maybe no, they're caffeine tablets. Yeah, is what I think that's they are right. They're caffeine tablets. Yeah. Got some rugs here.
0: Not <laughs> drugs, just rugs.
1: If they had done that, this would work a little bit better if, like, they were like, oh, meet me at Chubby's. And then Sean doesn't show up and he's like, oh, sorry, I had a thing for Mr.
0: I had to make a delivery or drop something off. or.
1: But they don't do that.
0: <laughs> they never once do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But then we cut to the other nonsensical part of the episode. <sighs> Eric. Where Eric is driving, um... Talking about how he's like, supple made the, and voluptuous he's made the road the, is. the, the turnpike. I never knew the turnpike could be so alluring and voluptuous. Alluring and voluptuous. Oh, And Lonnie's just, like, not having any. Like, she's not noticing. She's Wait. not picking up on, what, anything. Which I think is great.
1: I think them keeping the naivete of Lonnie is great. They kind of make it seem a little bit more deliberate in this one. Uh-huh. Where, as in the last one, it was, like, total naivete, and in this one it's, like, chosen naivete, but still. Mm -hmm. She's, like, naive to everything Eric's saying, and she's like, Eric, I'm not going to tell you, but I think something big's going on here. He's like, you felt that, too.
0: (laughs) She's like, stop the car. Which Here's my (laughs) question. If there's a blizzard coming, why are you stopping the car? Yeah. You should keep going. You... If there you can't escape it, you don't want
1: to be caught in the wind, especially. Mm-hmm, that's true. Like, because if that wind gets under your car, man, you're a flip waiting to happen. Because um, a wizard, a blizzard is like
0: characterized by high wind. Also, depending on the type, a wizard can be characterized by high wind. That true. That that too. That true. <laughs> that true. That true. The wind wizard. <laughs> that true. to wind. That's wizard. his name. Um, Da-D-A-K. Apostrophe, T-R-U, that true. So, I, I can kind
1: of see the logic. Like, if she's like, we can't escape this. This is going to dump. Okay, stop the car. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, generally, I'm, I, it, it'd be more of a turn around uh-huh. and for it. Turn around, don't drown. Yes. That's what we say in Oklahoma. But Eric's like, no, it's just a romantic evening with a couple
0: of flakes. Uh-huh. Just a few flakes in a romantic snowflake setting. <laughs> Cut instantly... We're going to die in a frozen covered. tomb. <laughs> yeah, the windows are completely covered
1: mm-hmm. with snow. I don't know if I've told this story on here, but the first blizzard I was ever in in Montana, they were like, it's going to be three feet of snow. And we were like, oh, thats I mean, that's a lot of
0: snow, but that's not, like,
1: horrible. Mm-hmm. What they don't tell you is 15-foot drifts uh-huh. of snow.
0: Is that the one where it was covering your front door? <laughs> yes, it was covering our entire house. Love it. Like That's not great. Our entire house is Carbon monoxide, you know.
1: Well, houses up there are like designed for it, <laughs> designed to be buried in <laughs> snow. I mean, you're, <laughs> sounds like a great place to live. <laughs> That's why we have giant basements. Um, it's not why, but there are also giant basements.
0: I don't know what's happening. I didn't understand that. <laughs> Us neither. <laughs> uh. So Chance's phone just, just <laughs> thought we were talking to it. I guess <laughs> I didn't understand that. <laughs> okay, we're keeping that in apparently. Uh huh. So Eric is trapped with Lonnie. Yep. Any- he's saying we're gonna die, and he's like, "No, I'm the I'm the man. I'll save you. I'll save." It's just like she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. She knew the wizard was knew. coming just by feel. Mm, I would I would trust what she has to say. But then he starts throwing himself into the car window that's covered with snow on the other side. He does it like three times and he says, I've hurt my head. Yes. And then he passes <laughs> out. And uh, that's the end that's of that, that scene. scene. And then they die. <laughs> and then they die. They're, they're never seen and again. then this insufferable eric is gone <laughs> to be reborn this is probably this probably also contributes to his overall mental decline i don't know I, is it possible to be dumber than he is now i don't know um but yeah so then we
1: cut back to the uh, the kitchen um Corey's kitchen mm-hmm. and it's the day before christmas eve yeah, it's the day before Christmas Eve, and Sean is so excited. Mm-hmm. He got a- Corey a gift. Present. says, "Open it. I want to see your face light up, light, light up light, little elf. <laughs> light up like like a little elf. light up little elf. And Corey, so you say he gives him some like he does say that I bet that's nice, mm-hmm. but like he doesn't even like humor him. Uh-huh. He's like he might as well be saying, "I know you bought this with the money that you spend on drugs." Well,
0: here's one thing I know about Corey. If he is not good at masking his emotions, and that's not a defense of him, he's just not good at it.
1: You're saying it's true to the character. Uh Uh-huh.
0: It is very true to his character. Um, Yeah, but he could do a little bit better.
1: Yeah, he
0: he could at least give a little. Like, oh, this
1: is really great. Or like, man, this is a great watch. Mm -hmm. I don't love where the money came from. Or something. Like, something other than, huh, well, it's very nice, Sean. Yeah. It's like, shut up, you. (laughs) pizza (laughs) you rich kid you selfish like no 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 no
0: yeah so but they kind of they don't get into it but they sort of they i mean they kind of do Uh sean's like it feels good to
1: be able to buy these kinds of presents for my friends and he's like i bet that does feel nice Mm -hmm.
0: that's not even here that's later well he says something like that here i don't think so i think but they just kind of are like yeah okay and then he's like you're gonna come tomorrow i have a real thing against passive aggression and Corey is being very he's, he's passive, being very passive aggression. Aggression. that's true i would agree with you yeah i just he's being really passive aggressive and just a twerp he's not being fun to watch i guess i didn't really think how ridiculous the premise of the whole thing was i was just sort of along for the ride yeah now you're opening my eyes <laughs> a, little, a little bit and seeing more
1: from the other the other side Again, if it's a more realistic problem that's actually affecting Sean, this would work. But this is a cartoon-a-problem, <laughs> and he is fine. For now. Yeah, some theoretical future. Mm-hmm. But um, then we cut to but the I would say room.
0: Sean clearly isn't capable enough to do what they're asking him to do in the next job that they give him. We'll get into that. Oh, yeah, I want to know. Seems like he could have done it, but... No, I'll, I'll tell you why when we get there. Uh, but then there's a knock at the door... Yeah, he cuts to the living room, Uh knock at the door. And then Lonnie comes in with Eric. She's like, he just got a little knock on his head. Yeah. And uh, Eric's like, "Hi, mommy. Hi, daddy. Uh Uh-huh.
1: And uh, she drops him on the couch.
0: No, more horsey. Yeah. Amy goes to get some soup or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And then uh, Alan goes goes to get blankets. Yeah. And then uh, Lonnie's like, I didn't want to scare your parents, but we almost died. Uh Uh-huh. And she kind of talks about it. And she's like, I held you so close. He's like, nope, that didn't happen. (laughs) And then she's like, and then you're just shivering. So I did this old trapper's trick, and I stripped all the clothes off you. He's like, huh? and then I stripped all the clothes off me. Huh? And then we bundled up real tight in a sleeping bag, all naked. Yeah. And he's just like, and he is offended. Uh huh. So you is... wake someone up.
1: He's like, smack him, kick him, yell in their ear, "Hey, we're naked." Yeah. And Lonnie, like, is just kind of laughing at this, which is a little weird. Uh huh. <laughs>
0: yeah. Eric. Um, and then Amy brings in soup. Yeah. He's like, oh, great. I'm awake for this soup. That's the end of that scene. Mm-hmm. Then, Thankfully. It's the next day. It's at the. At the Little Polly's restaurant. Yeah, it's at Little restaurant. It's
1: Polly's probably Ristorante. Ristorante. R- Little Polly's restaurant. Ristorante.
0: Um, if you know, you know. Uh huh. Oh, I did forget in the previous scene when she's like, and I did, like, what I had to do. And he's like, you ate my leg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,. um
0: I guess the snow plow dug them out. That's kind of a weird uh-huh. idea. But anyway. Um, These big big shot California riders don't know what it's really like. Well, yeah. I don't know. It was just a quick blizzard, I guess. Which, mm-hmm. those dumps do happen.
1: Um, but anyway. We don't know
0: where exactly Lonnie's family is. Well, it's got to be. I'm guessing like Appalachia. Yeah, it's got to be on the way to the mountains.
1: I guess we could Google mountains 500
0: miles yeah. away what's from. Yeah, what's 500 miles from Philadelphia? I feel like we've done that before. Trying to find where something might be. Yeah. But I don't really want to do that any again. <laughs> um, Once was enough. Uh, yeah. Um, but then they're, they're at the restaurant and Sean comes to Mr. Fontaine and Mr. Martini. He's like, everything's clean. I've done everything. I'm going to go. I got plans for Christmas Eve. And they're like, got one less thing for you. And he pulls out a box. And he's like, down the street, there's a warehouse. You stand in front of it and the car will pull up. You give him this box, they give you an envelope. You bring the envelope back here. He's like, and maybe we'll find something a little more permanent for you. Yeah. And they throw down 200 bucks, and he's like, 200 200 bucks? Um, (laughs) I mean, I'd go hold a box for 200 (laughs) bucks. Yeah. No joke. FBI, you didn't hear that. (laughs) Um, I don't think there's a big mob scene in Norman. I could be wrong. I've not been to Benvenuti's before. Could be a mob restaurant. I went to that uh, Italian restaurant over on Gray, Sergio's. Uh huh. They didn't have a mob feel. I mean, there were no people there when we ate there. Uh oh! Just mm. you're in. <laughs> Chance, my big. I know Ztin- you're gonna, gonna you buy me. I know you're gonna buy me a big Christmas present this year. I can't take that. <laughs> <laughs> I know where that money came from, and I will not stand for it. Uh, if you know uh, Chance's it, lifestyle. But you know like, he's gotten pretty lavish lately. Oh, but I got it in great. Oh. Let me solve the difference. My best friend Corey is what it says. I guess that sort of comes up.
1: Um, yeah, anyway <laughs> they, uh,
0: and he's like, okay, I guess we're dollars and he like takes it and the mm-hmm. next scene is there. But here's the thing. Okay. He says down the street, which I'd imagine like in the same literally down the street in front of the warehouse. Sean doesn't appear to be on what any neighborhood in any city in the front would look like. He looks like he's in the back of the warehouse. But he can't be in the back of the warehouse. But it looks like he's in the back of the warehouse. There's no road. He's just behind the warehouse. The, the camera is on the road. We're just looking no, from the road. No, it does not look like what? the back of a warehouse.
1: No, it looks like the same soundstage that put all the trailers on for the trailer park. That's true. He should, it looks like
0: there's a dock on the other side of him. It's like, why are you waiting for a car to pull up to you on the dock? It'd be in the front. It is a little bit John's like... John's too dumb to be in the mob. <laughs> it, it does look a little bit like...
1: What you would ask a five-year-old who has never seen a warehouse, what a warehouse mm-hmm. looks like. I will agree with that. But then Corey just shows up out of nowhere. Uh-huh.
0: And Sean's like, how'd you find me? I would like to know this too, Corey, actually. <laughs> oh, you know the Christmas present I bought you? It has a tracker in it. <laughs> like, have you ever seen the movie First Kid? Oh, yeah. Where he, Sinbad gets the president's son like a necklace or whatever, but it actually has a tracker in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it betrays his trust.
1: Or, making the Venn diagram of the show even smaller, Corey Harry Dresden used the watch to use a locator spell to follow him back. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm going to see why not. <laughs> uh, go read the Dresden Files, everybody. You should. Very good books. Yeah. Maybe, maybe stop at Cold Days until the next book comes out in the future, so you don't end in Battlegrounds. Skin game, though. Stop at Skin Game. Oh Skin Game, yes. Skin Game's wonderful. Skin Game is wonderful. I was mixing those two up. Their place. Skin game, so stop at Skin Game. Then the other two are worth reading. Just have something else to read after.
0: I wish I had something else to read after. It's just not a it they're not super satisfying books. No um but no no i'm very sad now thinking about battlegrounds <laughs> I, I like the ending the ending of battlegrounds i think is very good yeah it does set up an entirely new status quo yeah
1: yet again <laughs> and everything when it starts being just Marcone and dresden
0: is very is very good and very dresden-esque it's everything leading up to that that's just mm-hmm. like Stop this. It's sort of like, I set up all the action figures, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to knock all the action figures down. Yes. And we're going to have one of those action figures get
1: up in a heroic way and have everyone be amazed by it. No less than four times does the polka-loving Waldo Butters get up off the ground and defa- in defiance. As polka lovers are prone to do. Polka will never die. Anyway, Dresden Files, back to Harry Potter. Back to... I do like Waldo Butters, though. I love Waldo Butters. Back to Harry Potter. (laughs) That's what I said. Not what I meant. (laughs) Although... Moving further away from Harry Potter. Although, I will say this. Dresden Files and... um, Excuse me. Dresden Files and Harry Potter came out the same year. Both about wizards in the modern day named Harry. Both of them uh, lead up to a seventh book showdown with a Dark Lord. (laughs) Which one's the
0: seventh book of Dresden? Deadbeat. I love that
1: Cowell being the Dark Lord. Uh-huh. Um, except Harry goes on a long teenage journey of discovering the past of the villain to finally defeat him in the end. Harry Dresden uses, necromancy, <laughs> uses necromancy to bring Sue the T-Rex to life and rides it into battle. And uh, I'll tell you which one I think is better. <laughs> and rides a T-Rex with a, uh, again... Polka lover,
0: yeah, we do see him there too. Pol- he comes a long way.
1: He does. He has one of the best arcs in the in the mm-hmm. thing. Although I do do not need to see him get up in defiance of all
0: the odds four
1: times in one book. I just don't. <laughs>
0: I mean, the odds are super against him. So, not, he wakes up in the morning and the odds have been defied. So anyway, uh, the Dresden Files, great read. Yeah, stop it, Skin Game though.
1: Wait yeah. a little bit, <laughs> and not to say that the rest they're not gone. bad but i need
0: more yeah to yeah. you either end it like you ended changes where everything's going to be different mm-hmm. or you end it not that way yeah
1: anyway uh Corey has a why are you doing this the people in your life don't care how much money you make. Again, that's easy to say when you have <laughs> yeah, money. And it's all centered around this box that he's holding. And he's like, hey, why don't you open the box? I want to see your face light up like a happy little loaf. <sighs> What's in the box? What's, What's in, in the, the box? box? Yeah, seven reference. We had to make it. That's right there. Corey says something at the very beginning of this that's really snide, and I hated it. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, come back to my house. He's like... I can't i've got a job to do and he's like nothing you're doing here is as important as coming to my house and then he says something right after that i don't remember what it is but i'm just like shut up cory
0: cory cory Corey.
1: and sean's like i got nothing to do with this box, as
0: far as i know it's a teddy bear
1: there's a teddy bear in this box and he's like well let's take it back to my place put it under the tree then we'll play a game called guess the street value of the teddy bear Cory. Corey.
0: this is such a psa <laughs> But the PSA again is, don't work for the mob. What do you think the street value is, though? They're giving him $200 to deliver the box.
1: I mean, if that box is, like, full of something like Coke, like, it is a box that size, like, Uh full of, like, Coke or weed, or... This is a respectable mob. They're doing cocaine. Well, but it was the 90s. Weed was a lot harder to get. I suppose. Um, If it was, I mean, several thousand dollars. It's a good-sized box if it Mm -hmm. just
0: contains drugs. Um... Weapons? Well, Sean would probably know if it's weapons. They don't seem... They're the nice mob. Yeah. They're the drug mob, not the weapons mob. (laughs) Yes.
1: They just want people to have
0: fun. Yeah,
1: just have a good time. Their drugs aren't even narcotic. Or, wait, they are narcotic. They're not addictive. Yeah, not addictive narcotics. (laughs) Um, What a thing. And Sean's like, how did this get so complicated so fast? I'm like, what's the complication? He does have a box of probably (laughs) drugs. But, like, everything he's been delivered is, like, a payoff for drugs or something. Like, anyway. um, He's like, how did this get so complicated so fast? And he's like, I know. We're just two kids who got tricked by two guys who look like our uncles. I suppose. Yeah,
0: I guess. My grandpas. I've never seen either of their grandpas. Yeah, they're just kind of ends there they're like we'll take this back yeah. like this is the road you <laughs> knew that the road would lead us here sean's like sean's like i'm just like the
1: guy in the book i'm stuck on whatever road i'm on don't remember that from the poem no and Corey's like the other guy was stuck because he didn't have a friend with him he's like you're right there are two roads in front of me and i'm gonna take the one that leads to your house
0: it's not
1: quite and sean goes wouldn't it be funny if there actually was a teddy bear in here yeah don't you wish life worked like that? So apparently every box has drugs in it. If All you're... boxes
0: do. Check your garage for any drug boxes.
1: Yeah. If there are any boxes, just throw them out. Don't look at them. They're probably drugs.
0: Amazon delivery? Yeah. It's just drugs. That's like, that's like Schrodinger's cat, right? hmm If you see a box and you don't know what's in it, it's drugs. And not drugs at the same time. No. It's just drugs. <laughs> it's only drugs. It's a little different. <laughs> drugs, drugs, drugs. Which, Which are, are good. good. Which my are bed. bad. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Ask, ask your mom and ask your dad. Um,
1: guys, I have a real obsession with 90s uh, drug PSAs. who's um, go- my
0: favorite. You ready? Mm-hmm. Meth. Ooh, meth. <laughs>
1: I can't eat. I can't sleep. But I got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, meth. Ooh, meth. Meth. Oh, <laughs> the video of that is just astray. so unsettling. Um... Type in 90s drug snake PSA. It's one of my favorites. I'm kind of freaked out. Um, But anyway, just do it. Thank me later. Um, Also, This Is Your Brain on Drugs 2, the sequel to the original This Is Your Brain on Drugs.
0: Is that the one where she smashes everything with the frying pan? Yes. Any questions? (laughs) They They are two of my favorite drug PSAs of all time yeah man that sure made a lot of people scared of drugs for just a little bit and then completely not yes
1: um oh man drug psa's anyway so they're like don't you wish life worked like that and i guess they go to take the box back what mr fontaine and mr Bardini are gonna think i don't
0: know and the fact that they just let both of them just walk away yeah the nice voice <laughs> loyalty on the stand <laughs> loyalty on the stand and um, um, then they're back at uh, their house, at the Matthews house. Turner's there. They they're close friends. I don't know. Yeah, Feeny being there, I kind of get. Yeah, we see that in later Christmas episodes too, where Feeny's there. Yeah, but Turner,
1: that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have any speaking lines. He's just there. And this is all to set up the joke of, "Ooh, Lonnie, it's cold outside. Uh-huh. We better go bundle." Brr- <laughs> <laughs> and Lonnie is just like lost all naivete at this point. She's like. It
0: never happened. I made it up. Cute butt though. (laughs) It's like, did she make it up? Or is she just tired of Eric's nonsense? Well, she's just tired of Eric's nonsense. Either way. Why would you make that up? Yeah, because why would you do that to um, trick him? I guess? Is she really this devious mastermind? Maybe. She's like, Eric's been wanting this for so long and it's so obvious. I'm going to make him think that it happened. She was scheduled to work
1: and she was seducing Eric in a mountain girl way to get out of working.
0: Sure. <laughs> no, it's not that. She could have just said, Eric, will you work will you work for me? And he would. Uh, it's not that. It's, yeah. Yeah. So there's all that. Then they get on the couch. Feeney takes their picture. Mm-hmm. Happy holidays, whatever. Yeah. From Boy Meets World.
1: I was kept waiting for someone to like screw up the picture or someone to say something and everyone look at like Morgan or something. huh I was really surprised when it didn't happen. I like, wish it did. They just took a picture and the episode ended. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's it. There it is. That's the whole episode. Very classic Boy Meets World setup. Absurd execution. Uh Very strange premise. (laughs) Yes. Um, Would you call it a Philly
0: shenanigan? I don't think so, because they do learn something at the end. They do? Well, they say they do. (laughs) Yes. No, it's not a Philly shenanigan, because they're not both in it together. Um, Ratings? What did you rate it? Um, I think I'm going to give it a 6.5. It was fun.
1: There was funniness. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot stand Corey. Cannot stand Eric. Um, I don't think we talked about it because I don't know that it needs to be said, but Eric is very manipulative the whole time. Uh-huh. He's bad at being manipulative, but he's obviously manipulating this girl to get in her pants. Um, but but in like a cute 90s acceptable way, which is not acceptable at all anymore. And shouldn't have been acceptable then. Yeah. Um, he's like doing a nice thing with the
0: expectation of getting laid. Um, yeah. It's... Bad, 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 bad. No, 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 Eric. I gave it a seven point seven (laughs) five. What? Which I mean, I knocked it some for No Topanga, but I love Mr. Fontaine and Mr. Martini so much. I I know they're cartoon characters, but they made me laugh so much. Just like even the first half of the episode is like really strong and funny. Like Corey's really funny. Sean's funny throughout, except when he's not. Well, and but he does a better job doing the dramatic stuff than Corey does. He does in this episode. He does a great job, and but here's the difference. Here,
1: this is my difference for Sean and Corey in this episode. See, I love Mr. Fontaine and Mr. Martini too. Like I love them, and this show does like cartoon ridiculous' premises well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it does do that often, and Sean reacts to this episode pretty much the whole time, kind of like Mr. Martini and Mr. Fontaine. Like it's ridiculous. It's silly. Until the warehouse episode forces him, or warehouse part forces him to be serious. Mm-hmm. Because I think Sean's great the whole episode up until that last part, and then it's more of a Corey scene anyway. But like, I love how he's reacting to this because he doesn't isn't like, "Hey, Corey, get rid of this job. You're in the mob." He's just like, he's he's actually kind of enjoying yeah. it. He's, he's like, like Corey, you're, you're in the you're, mob. You're
0: working for the mob. And then Corey's just like, I can't do this. Yeah, so, Sean was never judgmental about it.
1: And if he was working for unlikable people, it, a lot of things would have made, made it work better as an episode. I do love Mr. Fontaine and Mr. Fontaine. If
0: Mr. Martini and Mr. Fontaine throw someone out and toss Sean a gun and say, do one, Yes. Then we might have a problem. <laughs> um, yes. You know what would have been fun? A little scene at the end where we see Mr. Fontaine and Mr. Martini. And they're talking to someone who's new working for them. And the whole time they're giving the instructions, doing their thing, and then it cuts to Joey as okay. their new errand boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. That would have been amazing. And I no. just want that. Or they're like, my son comes <laughs> the day of his return. And it's like, yeah, Joey or even uh, Harley would be kind of funny. Yeah. Harley or Griff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: it would have been... There would have been a lot of ways to make this episode better. And I do think that Eric has a few funny moments, even though he's awful. Mm-hmm. And I do think Corey... When he's talking to Mr. Fontaine, Mr. F- Martini, he's like, I did. <laughs> did. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Choose your words carefully. I- I... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I think it was very funny. I think he was very funny in the school. Like, I think that's great. Like. I, there were things to like about this episode, but at the end of the day, Corey being passive aggressive, and then that last scene, which I think is the part that gets me the most, when they're being so serious and so, like, PSA, like,
0: lesson But, like, not PSA lesson about something that's real. Yeah, like, if you accidentally luck into a job with the mob, don't keep
1: it? That's, that's the PSA we're going with here? It's important to know. Like...
0: This isn't, like... What kid is just, like, the mob, though? <laughs> it sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> Work for the mob, sometimes you get to carry boxes with teddy bears inside. And I know there is, like, a modern-day, like,
1: quote-unquote mob. But I don't, like, I don't have a, a picture for that. Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, it's, like, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> He's definitely the mob. Um, I don't know. Anyway, what did you name it? I mean... Boy Meets the Mob. Yeah, that's what I said.
0: Who is your MVP? So, okay. I have... This is hard because I want to give it to two characters, but Uh we have
1: established we can't give it to two characters.
0: I've thought the same because I
1: know the two characters. Yeah. I mean, we obviously want to give it to Mr. Fontaine and Mr. Martini, but we've said we can't do that. Maybe we can say they act as one in this. Uh They're They're
0: never separate. They're never separate. They don't have individual character arcs. As far as we know, under that table, they're legs joined together into like a serpent body. Sure. As far as we know. As far as we the know. The show doesn't tell us they don't. It's true. Um, since we will never see them again and they
1: don't have chances to win MVP on their own, I'm okay with that. Uh-huh.
0: Mr. Turner's haircut. Mr. <laughs> put up a good fight. Here is the order.
1: Mr. Fontaine and Mr. Mar- Martini, Mr. Turner's haircut, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um If we have to give it to an individual character and we can't give it to the both of them, I'd say Sean. But this is our show, and we make the rules. And we make the rules, and this is the exception that proves the rule. The The Messrs Martini and Fontaine. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. <laughs> they will be MVP. Please don't kill us. Mr. Martini is never wrong about mailbox placement. <laughs> Um. Mm, so good. Also, just a ridiculous after this chair thinks the mob operates. They think the mob just puts random mailboxes places, and, so they can mail letters without addresses or. I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna do it, <laughs> uh, <me>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just this episode. It's something. Um, not bad. Just something. Something. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's. Uh, episode four eleven. Uh huh. So
0: that's a fun. That's a wrap. Four one one. Yes, and that's the four one one on the mom.
1: <laughs> and that's the four one one on Easy Street. Um, an episode that is very confused as to what it wants to be. But we love it for it.
0: Well, sort of.
1: There's a reason that really the only the only um, holiday episode of Boy Meets World that's like remembered is the Thanksgiving Day. one. We're, yeah. I know we're going to come up to at least one more Christmas episode, uh-huh. but even it, like, I don't remember being anything like... The play on the Christmas carol? Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah, That's the only one I can think of. Being no offended is... by putting powdered sugar on k- pancakes? It sounds horrible. Um, But yeah, so I want to say a special thank you to Dizzy Parker for the use of our theme song, which you can find the link to the video that the song comes from in the episode description. Mm-hmm. And from there, find all of his other wonderful music. Yep. That's true.
1: Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at BGWorldFever on everything.
0: Mm-hmm. No. Let us know your walk-up music. Yeah, you know, let us know your walk-up music. Let us know if you've ever worked for the mob. <laughs> yeah. Are they hiring? <laughs> well, you know, where
1: you grew up, maybe the mob was a much bigger part of life, and you needed this PSA, mm-hmm. and
0: this episode totally worked for you. Uh-huh. Maybe you were in the Redneck Mafia. <laughs> I think that's a thing. I, isn't it a band? It could be. I feel like I've heard the term somewhere. Maybe we probably thought it was stupid. Let us know if you were in journey. Sure. <laughs> if you're listening and you were in journey, let us know. We'll have you come on the show. Um uh, red name mafia may not be a band. It just sounds like a band name. It definitely does. Or like a lifestyle brand.
1: Would it be Or a club. Would it be like too niche if we started a band called Mr. Pip's Restaurante? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Little Polly's Restaurant. Oh yeah. Little Polly's Restaurante. <laughs> Yes, that would be far too niche.
1: Because we can't even remember the name. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Little Polly's Restaurante. Yeah. Yeah, but let us know. Maybe I'm wrong about this episode. Maybe it totally works and this was a great PSA. Let us know. Seems like a weird PSA.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And out there, if you get the chance to join the mob, don't do it. I feel like that's safe to say (laughs) don't. Yeah. I just don't feel like there's... Where the episode came down in its answer on should you join the mob or no? It came down on their right side. You shouldn't. Um, Gosh. Crime. What is crime? What is the law? Who determines the law? And who determines what crime is? These are questions that I'm asking. Is hey. the mob bad? Some of the things they do are bad. But some of the things that I do are bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't murder people you know or how this, do anything with drugs.
1: You know how this really could have been fixed for me to make it a little more real? If Sean had been, like, told to go to a store and collect an envelope from him, and Corey's like, that's protection money. You're stealing money from those people. And he was like, no, no, no. They're stealing money from people. I'm just the
0: go-between.
1: And even that, like making it more personal thing Uh would have made it like... doing
0: some of the quote-unquote dirty work. Yeah.
1: Even that would have made this work better for me. But as it stands, we have like a nebulous I create mailboxes out of
0: nothing mob. Okay. Our definitive stance at Boy Meets World Fever. Don't join the mob. That's it. (laughs) Just don't. Like, it's complicated. Crime's of survival. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly what the mob is doing it's working the system in certain ways that it doesn't completely it there's people that are on the receiving end of the bad things that the mom does right and that isn't good
1: and the mob really only flourished because of Prohibition. prohibition.
0: Um, I'm sure there's there's more. I mean, Martin Scorsese could come and tell us, I'm sure, more about the mob. He just makes all the mafia
1: movies. That's true, he does.
0: Um, I'm sure it's very lucrative, but, I mean, you're still taking advantage of people and oppressing people in different ways, and you probably shouldn't do it. Yep. And that's, that's where true. we're going to sit. Don't join the mob. If you were a drug dealer, please don't just sell drugs to kids. Yeah, don't do it.
1: And even if there would have been a teddy bear in that box, it probably would have been filled with drugs.
0: Uh-huh. I've seen I've seen Batman Begins. I know. I know I, what's in those teddy bears. Nothing drugs. Powerful hallucinogen. Powerful hallucinogens.
1: Powerful hallucinogens.
0: Uh. <laughs> and I think that one day of work after a summer of being off is really showing right now. Because <laughs> cuz I'm I feel like I'm rambling. Okay. Anyway, that's all that I've got.
1: From all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever. So long world. So long world.